Hi, and welcome to The Drop Club. On this week's episode, we have hot topics talking about the holidays, the Kardashians, and the America's Got Talent drama. And then, in our main story, Steph tells us the life of Dolly Parton. Stay tuned. What up, fam? Feels good, right? Feels good, right? <laughs> yeah, I know it, dude. Yeah. Yeah. And without further ado, we broadcast live from CA to Did you watch The Irishman? No, fuck, man. Why is that thing so long? It's so fucking long, That's dude. why I didn't watch it, because I was like, three hours? What the fuck? But you know, somebody pointed... It's three and a half, actually. God damn! <laughs> somebody pointed out that it's only 15 minutes longer than Titanic. Yeah, I would never watch Titanic also. <laughs> really? You wouldn't... You, you're, you love Leo. And I Kate. love Leo, but I wouldn't sit down to watch that shit. It's too long, dude. Yeah. I've seen it. I'm with it. <laughs> Do you I like parts it? Of it? You like it? Hell yeah, I like oh, okay. it. Okay. Yeah. So I watched The Irishman. Okay. And so did like, my brother and most of my cousins actually. And I don't uh, you might disagree with me on this, but I don't consider myself a contrarian really. <laughs> <laughs> there are things there are there are certainly things where I'm like, people like this more than I like it. Mm-hmm. You know, like Beyonce <laughs> or something, where I'm like mm-hmm. where I'm like, I like her, but like Mm-hmm. not like that like yeah oh, nobody <laughs> likes her like how the bayhive does though they're ridiculous you know so and especially i think with like film i think if everybody likes it like i generally like it you know yeah but so i'm like looking everybody's talking about this is a fucking masterpiece i thought it oh, was really? so fucking boring so my cousins uh were i don't know exactly how they felt about it mm-hmm. but i saw your tweet about uh robert de niro or uh, joe, pesci, joe pesci was calling robert de niro kid early yeah. in the, this was like 10 minutes into the movie and i was like excuse me so my cousins were all making a similar complaint in that sense where they were like it, look it was good and like they love scorsese they they like grew up on goodfellas mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. uh casino and shit like that was their shit when yeah. they were young and they were like these fools are too fucking old to be doing this. They're and so they made old. a comment about a scene where Robert De Niro is like kicking somebody. And yeah. they're like, he looks like he's fucking struggling. Yeah, like, he does. Like he really does. He needs to find two new Italian dudes. It's true. <laughs> and and it's like the, the centerpiece of this movie. Well, maybe that's not fair to the performances. But a lot of hype around this movie was about the, the special effects, the de-aging special Uh effects yeah because i saw that i saw that thing going viral too of de niro with the shirt off (laughs) oh what i didn't see that and it was like you got some cgi nipples (laughs) (laughs) well i i didn't think i was like when is it happening they just all they just look they just looked old the whole movie maybe they look older than that in real life dude i don't oh no because they had a little immediately after the movie played netflix played like auto played a little interview with everybody and they look old as fuck like like they look the same age as like their older versions in the movie. Pesci was already short, so he's only getting shorter as he ages. True, more. true. And it just makes him look more like it just makes it less realistic that he could like really fuck someone up. Yeah, yeah. And 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 another thing, I too, <laughs> I too like those movies. I also like Goodfellas. I I mean, I love Casino. Goodfellas is okay. I love Casino. Yeah, and Seen also a long ass movie. Yeah, true. Yeah, but. It's like but um, worth it just to see Sharon Stone all coked out. Y- true. That's a, that's the a, best. 
That's they're, one of my favorite lines. I'm sorry, man. I'm going to cut your ass off. Uh, when they're in the closet and they're fighting and she's like, give me some money. I need some money. <laughs> I mean, bitch. please. If Sharon Stone told me that, I would be like, well, we're going to the ATM right now, bitch. <laughs> um, but there are no no good women in this movie. All, all I didn't the, even know there were women in the movie. They never promoted any women in the movie. All the women are really afterthoughts. Yeah. Um, and also just like the, accessories. And and there I don't see any progression. To me, these are the same like I could have just watched Goodfellas again. I could have just watched oh, Casino whack. again. That's what there these are the same dudes playing the same characters, you know? That we've seen yeah. done well already. Yeah, yeah. Like, do we need mm-hmm. another one? Right. Okay, I haven't seen it, so I won't, I can't really say anything, but that makes me laugh because Scorsese was all up in arms talking shit about yeah. other cinema. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember Ira Madison tweeting something like that. Like, if you think, because somebody was saying, like, at that time, I think I said this before also, where Leo, they were like, oh, Leo is like a blockbuster actor without having to do like oh a, yeah uh-huh like a superhero uh, movie a superhero film mm-hmm. and ira was like if you think that scorsese shit isn't like the same kind of fan yeah like shit as like a superhero then you're fucking faded yeah oh my god can we did you see ira on some show and they were trying to ask him about justin timberlake and he was like well let me just get this out of the way i don't like justin yep. timberlake <laughs> sorry to this man <laughs> i was dying yeah ira he's go for it go off ira has been like on a tweeting spree for the last several days is because i like two weeks before he tweeted something about how he hasn't spent a thanksgiving with his family like he's just like he it's the perfect time to take a solo trip which Uh is true i agree with that it's the perfect time to take a solo trip so he's like yeah every thanksgiving for the last few years i've been taking solo trips somewhere yeah and so i was like damn like you are really solo this holiday because he's like he's in montreal and he's just been tweeting that's awesome i'm like damn go home to your family my dude (laughs) i think we were talking about holidays us like our our group chat Uh and i was trying to think about it like this weekend or like not it's barely the weekend but uh i think thanksgiving is my favorite of the holidays because it's like low key like it's like yeah true you just eat and like Mm -hmm. get together yeah and there's not much to it. Christmas is like all about presents and then it gets like, I don't know, Chris, I don't like Christmas really that much. And New Year's, New Year's I don't mind because my family does the same thing as like Thanksgiving. We just yeah. get together and eat and drink and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I think New Year's, if I was like single or trying to like go out and stuff, I would fucking hate it. I absolutely, whether I'm single, whether I'm attached, I hate New Year's. I've <laughs> always hated it. There's something really melancholy about it that I don't like. Like something like in the pit there of your is stomach. This weird, like, uh, like okay, like, and then everybody starts with their resolution shit. Yeah, which gets yeah, hella yeah. fucking annoying. Yeah, I guess the vibe of New Year's is kind of weird. Yeah, I, it could be weird. Do not like it. And then like when you're when you are like I'm gonna go out, then it's like this big like production oh, it's a shit show, right? Yeah, I fucking hate New Year's. Christmas. <laughs> Christmas, like you know, we're fucking Latino, so it's really the twenty fourth. Don't you Eve, when yeah. that? Like that's, I'm I'm fine with that. That's okay. Yeah. I'm just eating tamales all day. That's yeah, fine, right? Um, Thanksgiving. I just don't like all the fucking present things. Thanksgiving just, is like, whatever. I like Thanksgiving. It's like laid back. You know what I fuck with? President's Day. Oh, you know, <laughs> there are sales on mattresses, <laughs> TVs. <laughs> There are car sales and car commercials. Yeah, I'm with it. Oh yeah, there you go, mate. That's what's up. I like uh 
Memorial Day because uh, which one is that? Like what? I don't know. What month is that? <laughs> I, <don't know. laughs> I just know that like on that one, I haven't had a three day weekend in a long time oh. from work. Yeah. So then it's like fuck yeah, yeah. <laughs> Memorial Day. <laughs> Labor Day is pretty cool because that's always a three day weekend, and I think oh that we as in the girls always tend to find a way to get together around together. Labor Day. Yeah. That's also why I usually like Thanksgiving, too, because we always find a way to get together. This is the first year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a long time. Life finds a way, but not this year. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you listen to our last episode? I yeah, li- so funny. I listened to it. <laughs> I, I haven't had time to, like, listen as a listener to our podcast for a while. Yeah, same. And I actually did listen to this one. Yeah, and me Octa too. Mom. Yeah, same. mom was really funny. I did those two, and yeah. I think yeah, I think uh, I think we might have something here. <laughs> like, yeah, just like listen to our own beats yep. in our room, like Aziz used to said. We're like geniuses. Like, what did he yep. want to call himself? Christian genius billionaire. Billionaire. I'm yep. gonna be uh, a- <laughs> Satanist. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? Genius Satanist. Um, 1500 SAT score. <laughs> Thousand dare. Thousand dare. I'm just gonna be thought. (laughs) (laughs) Satanism is weird as fuck. Y'all are worshiping Satan. I actually saw a really good documentary on them recently. Really? Yeah. I never really think about it, but because they're, I mean, like they, a lot of it is very performative just to get, uh, like, uh. Uh, religion out of government stuff yeah you know that's cool. which i think is very cool and like the way that they're provoking people like to think about things i don't know yeah it is a very provocative like stance to yeah. take like yeah. not only do i not care <laughs> your religion but right. i'm gonna go to the nastiest shit of your religion and that's what i'm gonna worship yeah it's like hella fuck you yeah i don't know <laughs> they're they're interesting that they you know like they like a lot of people take maybe things a bit too far sometimes <laughs> yeah for real but i mean just any amount of effort like that is like exhausting right. to me and what i wouldn't do, do it like yeah. in this documentary i watched they built a statue of satan to put next damn i mean it, this was important though because there was like a town hall or something <laughs> there like a city hall that had the ten commandments in front of it and like oh. they would not take that shit down and oh yeah that's not okay so they applied to put uh the the satan statue next to well, it well that's a take yeah so I mean, I mean there's that's something there's something to be said there but right but they had to make a fucking statue like, yeah so. <laughs> making a fucking statue or petition what do they have to do petition if i'm filing a petition on my time off then there's something fucking wrong with me you guys need to make have a welfare check done because i'm fucking hell no what the hell else were we going to talk about kim kardashian Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Kardashians in general, right? Oh, so yeah. So what did Kim say? So we talked, we brought it up on the podcast before that Kanye was talking about how he doesn't care for the way that Kim has been dressing as of late, that it's too sexy. Right. Suddenly it's too sexy. Yes. Not like she's been dressing any different than she has dressed for the past right. fucking But now forever. that he's Christian genius billionaire. Right, right. It's too sexy for him. Right. And so he, like, monitors now what their daughter wears. Yeah. And, like, whether or not she puts on makeup. We talked about this, too, because it's weird mm-hmm. that he's, like, kind of sexualizing his yeah. this young w- daughter. We brought this up uh, with when T.I. was in the news. 
Yeah, fuck T.I. also, by the way, just oh. again. And also, speaking of which, did you see that New York State is introducing legislation to stop this on the heels Good. of uh, T.I.'s remarks? Good. And T.I. also doubled yeah. down on it. Uh, at- so I didn't see that, but I know he was on Red Table, which fuck um, Jada. Honestly, like, I I never have a problem with her, and especially her and Will. I think they're cool, but, mm-hmm. like, do you need to give this motherfucker another platform? Right. Especially, I'm sure she asked him, what do you think about it, before, yeah. you know, knowing that he was going to double down on it. Ask his daughter to come on your show. Oh, there you go. Yeah, what the fuck is this? You know who I do respect, though? Willow, who decided not to attend this episode. Good for her. Good for her. That's awesome. And T.I. was like, oh, I'm sorry Willow couldn't be here, and Jada was like, honestly, like it's good for you that that willow wasn't here i was like oh shit was willow about to like throw down yeah (laughs) yeah and then i saw some people talking about it and they were like this is wrong like we do not all need to be talking about this young woman's it's true body anymore like this is so wrong Mm -hmm. yeah it's fucked up so back to kim so kim has now said that she's decided to tone down the way she dresses which right okay I'm of the opinion that we always talk about women's rights and women's rights to express ourselves and our sexuality any way that we please. But I I personally feel like we put a lot of always emphasis on the other extreme, on the on the extreme of like really being sexual and really being like provocative with the way that you dress and stuff. We're always like, yes, the rights for those women to do that, which I agree with. But I feel like there are some women who want to be more conservative and I feel like we are always kind of judging women for that like maybe oh i don't do that because i am that woman (laughs) but i do feel judged like by woke culture because i'm somebody who is more conservative like i'm married and Mm -hmm. i don't really you know i'm not really a hoe (laughs) (laughs) but i'm fine with women who want to do that i think that's great but i think that those women turn around and judge women like me and i get it because i think that it's from a place of hurt like, you're judged by so many women that are conservative and shit that that's why, like, those women turn around and, like, poke fun at, like, you're fucking basic or washed or boring or whatever. And I get that because, like I said, I get it. Like, it's from a place of hurt. But, you know, does that make you better? I don't know. <laughs> like, all women, you should just support all women, right? Whatever they want to do. Well, I didn't, I don't necessarily think that I've noticed, like, a negative towards that type of person. But you're in a different position than me, so, like, maybe you felt that. Right. But I've just, like, just noticed that we don't, when we're having these conversations about what women should be able to do, we never include those women in our conversation. Well, because those women, like, that's, you're privileged. Like, I'm married, and so, like, that puts me in a position of privilege because I appeal to the conservative masses. Right. And, like, if I have kids, it's only going to, like, make me more acceptable to them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And when you're a woman that doesn't want to have kids, that doesn't want to get married, you're, like, their fucking enemy, you know? That's true. And so, like, that's why we don't necessarily protect those women and that's what i'm saying i get it like i get uh-huh. like you know like all of twitter talk shit about people that want to have kids like oh you guys want to have kids like fuck that like <laughs> you know and like talk shit about kids and like it's so cool to like i don't know like just not have kids or whatever the fuck and i get it that's that is cool and i get why you want to like say those things like i said i think it comes from a, like a defensive thing mm-hmm. um but i don't necessarily agree with that i think we should just like be cool with everybody but i get I totally get it. <laughs> I think I'm wording this well. <laughs> well, anytime that I've felt slighted by something that somebody else says, uh-huh. I just like, I know that it's because I'm privileged, so I can't fucking really? say anything. Anytime? 
<laughs> about like marriage or kids or like you know anything uh, like that like on that sense i think i'm privileged so i bring it up because i think that like if kim wants to be conservative like good for her so so be it like that's that's what we're fighting for for us to be able to do what we want but right. my issue with this is that it's coming on the heels of Kanye saying that he wants her to be more conservative right so like early feminists would hella like talk shit about women who want like plastic surgery or like mm-hmm. dress provocatively because they think like they're doing it for men's gratification right, right? Mm-hmm. so the way that it's coming out kind of makes it seem like kim is doing this for cockies. yeah and that's that's where the problem seems to irk us you know me yeah for sure that's exactly how i feel like i think if it would have been sort of independent of anything else i'd be like oh okay well, she's done with that, and now she's doing another thing. Right. But you don't ever want a woman to mold herself to, like, whatever for the gratification of a man or men in general. Yeah, exactly. You know, you should be able to do what you want. Mm-hmm. So she did comment that, so maybe you can give your take here also, because she says, like, oh, I'm a married woman now. You yeah. know, <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm a mom like I'm how old is she 40 she's 40 not, almost she's, yeah. she's like I'm 40 like yeah. maybe it's time to start maybe it's time to be more conservative I'm like what what does that mean though like are you it supposed to be it. like I don't know a I different mean, person yeah I'm I hear never, what she's saying about compromise but yeah maybe your kids start to notice more I don't know because I don't have kids mm-hmm. And Howell would never tell me shit. Like, I could dress however the fuck I want. But like, if Howell did, like, honestly express something to you, like, oh, I wish you would dress more conservative, is that something you would take into consideration? Fuck, I don't know, because I'm a bitch. I feel like I would be like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> dress more like a thought. <laughs> I don't think that I could love someone who didn't love me just, like, who didn't just at least respect the choices I make. Like, I don't know. But you can respect that choice and still, and still express, be. like, an opinion. And, and you know, and you could even say, like, obviously do whatever you want, but... Right, right, right. I don't know. Maybe I would. I don't know. I've never been in that situation. Because that's, I think, that's a sentiment that she's expressing. She's like, yeah. I'm in a marriage. I have to compromise. There are things that he does that I don't like. There are things that I do that he doesn't like. I mean, that sounds like marriage, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, there are a lot of compromise. If you want it to work... Um, but or something if you want to so, stay together. But something so personal as to how, like... Yeah, your clothes and your body. Like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's... I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if it were, instead of, I would like you to cover up more, it would be, like, I would like for you to be sexier? Like, oh, I th- you know? I couldn't do that for someone. But they're the like, same I thing. Couldn't, yeah, like, I you couldn't know? do what makes me uncomfortable right for some to make somebody else more comfortable especially in that sense like with my Mm -hmm. body yeah you know what i mean maybe she is comfortable conservative also and so it's like whatever like how she's saying maybe Mm -hmm. you know i mean we can't think that she's lying too oh no i think she's being truthful in what she's saying that's why i think i'm i'm also like it kind of makes me uncomfortable that she's doing this but obviously it's her marriage and choice yeah yeah that's interesting. The whole thing is interesting because he's just on this crazy different path now. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know. Do you need to appease that fool? <laughs> Let him go. 
<laughs> no, and it's true. It's like he's probably, I mean, just from the outside, it seems like he's a different person to the person that she married. Right. You know, at what point are you, is that still your husband? Exactly. Yeah. I mean, people change. That's, that's a thing. Like that's what any relationship, friendships, mm-hmm. your family, you know, romantic relationships, work relationships, people change. And sometimes it's not the same thing you it was and it's time to walk away. But that's hard, you know? Yeah. So I could see why somebody would try to, especially when you have kids. And, you know, I, so she's like, okay, I'm going to start dressing more conservatively, though. But why was she wearing a, a man's suit? <laughs> she's wearing to that church shirt the that's other day. a slut with <laughs> rhinestones on it that was From in Arrested, Arrested Development. Development. <laughs> and she's like, I'm going to start dressing more conservatively. <laughs> it's like, um, I don't know. It just, it seems like not even her anymore, though, you know? Oh yeah, that that NBA 2002 suit that she was wearing. Yeah, what's yeah, the deal that with that? That's weird. That's just I don't know. So it's kind of it's kind of crazy for her too because her body is so sexual. Like she's so curvaceous and like just she's like she's a sexy girl, you know? Like yeah, she sp- you- and she spent a lot of time and money uh, trying to do that. <laughs> that's what I was gonna say. Like you know, like her ass is fake, her tits are fake, yeah. and and like how do you tone that down now? Mm-hmm. Like unless you do like oversized shit, which just that's not gonna look that good. Yeah, you're gonna do- be dressing like Billie Eilish. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I would die to see Kim Kardashian. <laughs> And then, like some old some men's Burberry <laughs> short and you know like t-shirt button-up situation and a, and a bucket hat. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I don't know. A lot of social implications going on. Yeah. Another thing that came out about the Kardashians was Caitlyn Jenner gave an interview. I don't. I think it was with People Magazine, but I'm not too sure. And she said that she hasn't talking. She hasn't spoken to Khloe Kardashian for six years. It was um, on, she's a contestant currently on I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that show still existed. It's, I want to say Australia or something. Wow. Uh, you know, they fucking like, like Big Brother and stuff is huge in the yeah, UK and in Australia and, shit. and shit. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all are ratchet. <laughs> well, she's on that show and it came out because, you know, they filmed them like a lot. And one of the other celebrities, I guess, asked her, what's the deal with what what happened in the aftermath of your coming out? And she spilled the tea. Yeah. Um, she also was talking about, like, how I guess the queen watches that show. Like Elizabeth? Yes. The queen. Yes. The queen. Claire Foy. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my queen. Mate. <laughs> Hell yeah. I would love to see just like seven seasons of Claire Foy. <laughs> yeah, just she like, should have like grown up with her, right? That would have been cool. Pearl, that triple pearl necklace. Set. Yeah. Hell yeah. yeah. And I guess Caitlyn Jenner said like, oh, it's crazy that she watches because I'm technically part of another royal family, the royal family of oh, entertainment. Oh, no. Please, no. <laughs> I would say. And also, is that the truth? That doesn't seem like, are they? I mean, they're obviously in the zeitgeist. They're obviously a part of popular culture. But are they the royal family of entertainment? No. I I mean, if you weren't going to call the Coppolas that, you can't call the fucking Kardashians that. There's a lot. But they have a lot of, um, like, 
you know, if, if, if we were to draw like the diagram and stuff, we, we would be able to connect them to a lot of different people. That's true. But some of them fall off like like La, what's his awful name? Lamar, Lamar Odom. Odom. Yeah, yeah. true. Uh, Reggie Bush. Mm-hmm. They don't got any hands in NFL anymore, right? Um, Maybe not hands, but yeah. vaginas. <laughs> Uh, um. <laughs> yeah so they it, because it was thanksgiving they were like oh happy thanksgiving caitlin because she was the only american right and then she got kind of like in her feelings and she was like you know what this is the first thanksgiving that i haven't been with my family Aww. because she's definitely like seems like all about her family dude she was always like in the early seasons of keeping up with the kardashians she was all about kendall and kylie that's so sweet like she was the one that took them to school made Mm -hmm. their lunch picked them up from school took them to like their after school stuff like yeah he would always like kind of try to check them i don't know if that that's the thing too that show gets so fake but it didn't seem inauthentic coming from her like i remember chris jenner would like take them shopping for all this crazy shit Mm -hmm. and then he would or she would come home and be like this is like you guys need to remember that this is you're really lucky and she would take them to shelters and Mm, mm -hmm. have them like kind of reality check their shit because at that time they were blowing up and yeah 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 well she said that like she told one of her sons i don't know which one but like you know the older kids bruce or he has a few well told one of the they were like they were like how did it um how did it go and she was like oh yeah i told one of my sons and he was just like okay you're still my dad i still love you and yeah. like and she said that it was pretty much like that with everybody except yeah. for chloe i think chloe has like really harbored sentiments about her own dad's passing mm. and then like caitlin then marrying their mom and kind of becoming like the patriarch of the family because mm-hmm. that's how it kind of played out on the show too she didn't want uh caitlin to walk her down the aisle at first she was gonna have rob do it oh really yeah and kim had already gone at that point had already been married to chris humphreys Mm -hmm. and so caitlin had walked her down the aisle and it just seemed like yeah that seems weird she had been married to chris for like 20 years already yeah like it's not like she like popped out of nowhere Mm -hmm. so yeah that i remember that played out super weird like i think she has these weird feelings about just like her dad passing and all that do you think it also plays into the fact that there's always been a lot of public speculation about her paternity? Oh, I mean, fuck, dude, probably. Because she's always bringing that shit up, too, on that show. Because she is kind of, I don't want to say. The one that doesn't fit in. Yeah. Yeah, no, she even says that, too. She's like, I'm blonde. I have curly hair. Like, I don't look like any of my sisters yeah. and her brother. Right. So I, I mean, wonder if she feels like this disconnect to, like, well, uh, you know perhaps i don't know who my father, who my is. father is or maybe she does 100 percent know who her father is but just that outside influence of like like really are you sure are you sure like maybe that just like yeah for the sure shit out of her for sure who knows yeah Whew, shit's getting deep on the drama <sighs> club guys another thing that happened this week that set the internet ablaze was gabrielle union and julianne huff got fired from america's got talent yeah which is not a weird thing in and of itself because that show kind of uh, rotates judges often Uh uh-huh and this is funny because i actually watched this this is not a show that i watched but for some reason i watched this season 
And I don't even particularly care for Gabrielle Union. And I think it's because she always plays bitches. She does, dude. Remember 10 Things I Hate About You? She was yes. such a little bitch in that shit. And honestly, like, when I was thinking about it, I was like, is that racism? Like, why are they always casting her as this, like, bitchy? I don't know. What about know? Adam Scott? He's a bitch, too. Oh, uh, yeah. That's true. That's true. <laughs> Racist against Adam Scott. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, was she a bitch in Bad Boys? She was just a, a badass bitch. Yeah. But she's kind of, like, even though she's arguably, like, the second hero in um, Bring It On, she does kind of have, like, an attitude, sort of. Yeah. Like, she's just always playing these roles. So it's not that I disliked her. I just never, like, I was just neutral. Like, I just never liked her, you know? Right. So uh, anyway, but now I'm 1000% Team Gabby because shit has been coming out. Yeah, good. Okay. So she has been fired from America's Got Talent, allegedly because she went to HR with a complaint about a joke that Jay Leno made. I know. I saw that. About yeah. Asian people. Yes. Like so, a very stereotypical joke. We don't know what the joke is, right? Yeah, we know what the joke is. Oh, we do? Oh, what's yeah. the joke? So Simon Cowell, I guess either in the hallway or in his dressing room, has a, a painting of himself with his dogs. Uh-huh. And Jay Leno. <laughs> 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 <Why>? <laughs> I'm not mad at that, actually. Shut I would do that. <laughs> I get of your dogs, yeah. But like you also, <laughs> you forgot what you look like or what? And... Jay Leno made a joke about Korean barbecue. What? It was something about like, oh, look at that picture of Simon with his Korean barbecue or something. Is that even the correct stereotype? I thought the stereotype was that Chinese people ate dogs. It's just a, that's what makes it even worse. It's just like a blanket. (laughs) It's just like a blanket statement. He just saw like, he was like, oh, all Asians are the same. Just, it was bad. I'm sorry. I'm gonna pop another vein in my fucking eyeball. <laughs> so you she- know what, dude? I'm like, I don't know. I like. I think that the problem is that Jay Leno is a very powerful man in entertainment. Yeah, and this is NBC. Remember that. If you re-listen to our Coden episode, mm-hmm. was what was the other one where Jay Leno was all up in that shit? Oh, May, oh D- David um, Letterman. David mm-hmm. Letterman episodes yeah. is that Jay has a lot of play at NBC. Mm-hmm. And so NBC, I mean, that's a huge fucking network. Yeah. You know, and the these networks all work with each other also. So that's another thing. Like another mm-hmm. network's not going to want to piss off NBC. Yeah. I think. So he gets away with shit like this. My thing is that Jay Leno's fucking washed. He yeah. doesn't need to be on fucking TV anymore. They don't need to <laughs> fucking protect him and shit like this. But he's like so high up there. They always will. It's true. And that's fucked up. Gabrielle Union did the right fucking thing. So she went to HR. So she that happened, I guess, early in the season. Mm -hmm. So now people are like, oh, like she's a fucking like, look at keep your eye out on her. Right. And then she also went to HR because Simon Cowell smoked cigarettes inside in their dressing room backstage. That's disgusting. And their I guess their dressing rooms are not enclosed. Like kind of think of like, um. Like a cubicle scenario, right, sort right, of, right, right. but but maybe I think they might be like brick walls, but open, open air, sort of. So there is no, even if he was in his own dressing room smoking a cigarette, like it would, I guess you could sort of maybe let that go. I don't know. But it's like he's smoking and filling the whole backstage area. So she was saying that she and uh, Julianne Huff would just be like 
like fucking gagging and stuff because yeah. it would fill the area. So she went to HR and she was like, we have to get him to stop smoking inside. Good. And uh, they were like, you know what? He's the boss here. And there's no way that he's not going to smoke inside. Even if we call the fire marshal. You know why this makes me so mad too? Because these networks will bend over for these men like that. Mm-hmm. And what if it was like Paula Abdul? Like she has a lot of play too, but I bet they would fucking step in and tell her some shit. It's true. Yeah. It's these men that they yeah. let just like walk all over, especially because it's two women coming forward. Yes, exactly. And then she also, the producers got mad at her. So she already has this reputation now for being difficult on the set because she made those two reports to HR right okay and simon's not a dick for smoking in a fucking communal yes closed closed space yeah and fucking jay leno's not a dick for that chin and that asian (laughs) for that chin (laughs) y'all are mad disrespectful walking around with that chin jay leno so they got mad at her because there were certain performers would come on and their act would involved maybe drag or they were drag performers themselves and before she would start addressing them she would ask what their pronouns were and producers thought that america wasn't ready to hear that and like <laughs> and that that was inappropriate for her to I wish ask you guys could see my face by the way <laughs> it's true she is like the jaw on the floor shocked and appalled Man, this is so disgusting. And that it would it it would then put the other judges in a difficult position because then Simon, I guess, would have to adhere to whatever pronoun, you know, like instead of just What's wrong with that? Exactly. I'm so fucking I fucking hate everyone, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Um I was remembering the other day. Hmm. Remember when there was all this backlash about like you can't say Merry Christmas anymore. Oh, yeah. The war on Christmas. Yeah. There was like all these people up in arms like you can't say Merry Christmas anymore. And so I had a coworker who was like hella this way. Like she was all up in arms about not being able to say Merry I Christmas. I don't get that, dude. I don't get that either. And I was like, we just want to be more inclusive. Like- that's what I thought, too. And I was like, like, were you in a situation where somebody said like, Happy Kwanzaa or like Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. Hanukkah. Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. It's happy Hanukkah, right? Yeah. Happy Hanukkah. And like you were offended? Because I I would always be like, thank you. That's fucking nice as fuck. Yeah. (laughs) No, for real. What the fuck? You know why I think that kind of person sees themselves as being excluded instead of trying to include more people because for the first time in their lives, they are not front and center, you know? Oh my god, man! I was like, I just don't even fucking get that. Like, how much energy do you have too? Like, do you like being mad about shit? Like, I oh yeah, totally like being mad about shit. What the fuck? Like, or I don't know. That's how I feel about that. Just (laughs) fuck. I would be like, thank you so much. I will have a fucking happy Hanukkah. What the fuck? (laughs) So then, the biggest incident came a little bit later when. She wanted to pick a certain act to go to the next round. It was a 10-year-old little rapper. And the producers pulled her aside when they knew that she was going to choose him. And they told her that that's we need an act that America can get behind. You need to pick these cheerleaders from Texas. And she was kind of like, what? Uh, an act that America can get? So just because I want to pick like a little 10-year-old rapper? black boy... Like, you want me to pick 30 white girls is basically what she was 
what she implied from the conversation that they were having with her. And how did they expect her to take that as a black woman? Yes. Like, what did you think she was going to feel you asking her specifically? Right. That's fucked up. So they made her cut this little boy and the boy like collapsed in tears on stage. They ended up cutting this from the final show, by the way. Yeah. So she he collapsed in tears on stage. So she felt obviously horrible. The producer said that she asked for a break. So she needed 10 minutes. So she left the building for 10 minutes. And then Simon Cowell like gave her some space, but then followed her out like 10 minutes later and was like, listen, if you want to fucking keep him, like I'll fucking keep him. But the damage had been done. And the piece, the resistance is that they also told her that they didn't care for her changing hairstyles because they were each too black. What? Because she actually, and I noticed that she was wearing a lot of, you know, coated black hairstyles on the show, which I thought was great. Like her hair looked amazing. She had like cornrows one week, one week she kind of like froded out a little bit. Like she had very cool hair, but it, and it was always changing, but they were always very black. And they told her it was too black. She's fucking black. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? So they fired her ass. And I hope, oh my God. The, I hope she the, sues them. I hope she sues the shit yeah. out of them. Sue them. Fuck those fools. And also. Dude, fuck NBC, dude. Put snakes next to those motherfuckers. And fuck Julianne Huff. Oh, really? Why? Yes. Because so she got fired. Why did she, she got, get fired? She got fired also. Uh, just because she I, whacked. <laughs> Just kidding. That's like that. <laughs> I don't know exactly why she got fired, but she was kind of like, you know, she they asked her for comment and she said, I didn't see any of these things that are purported to have been happening. Although this is a very well sourced story, it's all the producers are talking. And anyway, so she was like, oh, I didn't see any of this. But also, I have two upcoming shows on NBC. Make sure to watch them in December. Shut up, me. No way. She got a holiday special with her brother or some shit. Like, yeah, they're dancers, right? That's yeah. why she's like low key famous and she mm-hmm. macked on Ryan Seacrest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's embarrassing, girl. <laughs> so she's not, I don't think she's standing up for Gabrielle the way she should be, especially considering the crux of the story is that Gabrielle is standing up for literally everybody else for <laughs> a black people, for Asian people, for a no- gender non conforming or non binary people. Yeah. So shout out to her. Shout out to her for sure. I'm a new fan. Yeah. Also, shout out to Dwayne Wade. Oh, really? Yes, because he took to Twitter Good. and completely fingers su- turn to Twitter <laughs> <laughs> Completely because you know he's not beholden. He doesn't have a contract. He doesn't have an NDA. No, what he, does he care? Yeah. He's got millions of dollars. Yeah. He was basically like Fuck NBC. Good. <laughs> He's like, uh, the truth is about to come out. It's already trickling out. And like, Good. I love my wife and she's just being the person that I know that she is. And Good. yeah, I wish Conan would jump on this shit and be like, yeah, fuck oh, NBC. True, huh? Fuck Jay Leno. Y'all are fucking washed. <laughs> Imagine like shelling out for Jay Leno and Simon Cowell. Oh, God. Simon yeah. Cowell's been a dick. Everybody yeah. knows Apple's a dick. Like, right. that's enough. Let someone else be a judge. We don't need him anymore. Well, it's his show. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and you know that the NBC tried to justify the firings by saying that the show had its lowest ratings in years because ratings have been declining for three years in a row. That's because the show's fucking old already. But last year with Gabrielle and Julianne, their social media engagement like quadrupled. I'm sure. And 
uh, that quadrupling uh gabrielle union was responsible for 75 percent of it like the, her followers and her people I'm engaging sure. with her tweets and her instas i totally so, believe that so it's like those are also the new metrics that are important not quote unquote ratings. ratings yeah yeah so it was like what you really so you really did fire her for her being yeah like how much difficult. were your youtube videos being watched now like mm-hmm. you know you guys have to think about all that shit but it's because they have four fucking fossils in there uh yeah howie mandel simon cowell and then the girls the ladies who are no longer there who's gonna take that job now though <laughs> gwen stefani <laughs> <laughs> Blake Shelton. Uh, Blake Shelton. Oh, you know, um, Casey Musgraves has a Christmas special on Amazon. She does? Yeah, I want to watch that. Yeah. I like Casey Musgraves. She's problematic a little bit, but I really? like her. What's she doing? She just, uh, she be culturally appropriating for her style. Oh, uh, okay. There was one that was really bad. Like, she wore a kimono, and it was all, like, tight, and then it was, like, ripped all the way <gasps> oh, up I her thighs. Oh, I saw that. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of Asian people were hella upset. They were yeah. like, you, thank you for sexualizing something that's so, like, important in our tradition. And I was yeah. like, ooh, Casey, she, that's not she, a good look. She looked like uh, one of those Street Fighter characters. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah that was not a good look. Yeah. Home girl. I will be watching that Christmas special. So. <laughs> I want to have a yeehaw Christmas. Oh, I see we have uh, Dolly Parton in the audience tonight. And everybody turned around and everybody was looking and applauding. He kept looking and looking. He said, oh, I'm sorry. That's uh, two bald-headed men sitting together. <laughs> Speaking of a yeehaw Christmas, I'm up this week. Hello, everyone. My name is Stephanie. And hi, my name is May, and this is The Drama Club. In case you didn't already notice, this is a podcast all about scandals, celebrities, mm-hmm. TV, movies, film. Gossip, cheese, May. Social commentary. Hey. Anyway, welcome. Uh, I'm up this week, and since we want to have a Yeehaw Christmas... Uh-huh. I'm going to do the story of Miss Dolly Parton. Oh, yay. Yeah, this is a very positive one. There's not a lot of drama here. You guys already knew that, but we need yeah. an episode on Dolly. Yeah, for sure. People have been as the streets have been asking for it. Yeah. And actually, considering everything we talked about, we need this. <laughs> yeah. OK. All right. I'm ready. Let's let's start with a Dolly quote. Storms make trees take deeper roots. Oh, OK. That's do- Do- that's Dolly. Dolly's quote. Dolly's deep as fuck, dude. She's almost as deep as I was as a child. <laughs> <laughs> Is that Dolly Parton or Dolly Lama? That's Dolly. <laughs> <laughs> um, I listened to Dolly Parton's America. Um, Dolly Parton's America. Not all of it, but uh-huh. a lot of it. I watched a lot of her YouTube interviews and I consulted Wikipedia, of course. How is Dolly Parton's America? It's okay. How many episodes is it? There, I think there's six right now, and it's going to be a total of nine. Okay. Um, it's all right. Okay. <laughs> yeah. There no, just, li- just listen to this shit right there's now. No, there's no drama club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So Dolly Rebecca Parton mm-hmm. was born in 1946 in a one-room cabin in the Great Smoky Mountains of East Tennessee. Wow. And she has 11 siblings. Wow. That's crazy, right? Damn. So she was what they would say dirt poor. Mm -hmm. I don't like that expression. Where does that come from? It's got to be hella bad. I think because they don't have floors in their house. I think it's like a dirt floor. Oh, okay. 
So Dolly's dad worked as a sharecropper and tended a small farm where the family's cabin was located. Damn, is she Tina Turner? Dude. (laughs) Dolly's dad was illiterate. Mm-hmm. And he would take small, odd jobs to make ends meet. He was kind of like a jack of all trades, you know, mm-hmm. like those. Yeah, everybody has like an uncle he, like that. He's a handyman. He's yeah, a mechanic. You know I mean? he's yeah. A, yeah, he yeah. can do whatever the fuck. He's a painter. Um, yeah. whatever. All, all my uncles are like that. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly still idolizes her dad as one of the smartest people she knows. That's what she says. Yeah. Her mom was a homemaker, obviously, because they had 12 children. Mm-hmm. She had all 12 of her children by the time she was 35 years old. No way. So she was like pregnant the whole time. Yeah. Like like from 20 to like 35. No. Bro. (laughs) Nope. Nope. I don't. We were just, we just got finished talking about what a woman can or can't do with her body. You can't do that. Don't do that. that, Nope. Don't do that. Nobody could do that shit. (laughs) You ain't a fucking Rottweiler. She had a litter. That's fucking crazy. I'm always like amazed just by any pregnancy. I'm like, damn, yeah. you really let that yeah. shit happen to your body. Same. That's amazing. Good for you. Yeah. Um, but Dolly's- if you if you roll the dice, if you don't roll the dice, how are you gonna get a dolly? You know, she was just like, <laughs> that's true though. Waiting for a dolly to pop out. Um, Dolly's mom was like often sick. Like Dolly describes her mom as always suffering from illnesses. Um, oh, like physical like, or mental? Just like she's like my mom was always like like had a cold or like she oh. was just often sick. I think they were poor and she's yeah. trying to look over twelve kids. You know she yeah. was hella run down, right? And bitch, you carried tro- twelve children. Yeah, your body just <laughs> yeah. fuck. It's been through a lot. Mm-hmm. So, but Dolly says her mom always managed to entertain them and she was always singing to them and telling them mountain folklore and like uh-huh. just like that. She had a fun ass childhood. What is that ride in Disneyland that's like where, yeah, where the, the log the log one? Yeah, yeah, where like the bears are singing and stuff. Oh, the, in the mountain. Um, that's Splash Mountain. Oh, that's Splash. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that's what I, that's with what the I'm little imagining. bunny. That's just sick, dude. Let's go to Disneyland. You're a fucking bitch. You never want to go <laughs> with me. No, I do cuz I want to go to Star Wars Land. Oh, okay, let's go. <laughs> sorry, <laughs> sorry, I called you bitch. Right <laughs> I wasn't harboring that or anything. Like, I always want to go to Disneyland. And then both of my wives, Hoa and you, hate Disneyland. It's so fucked up. I'm down to go to Magic Mountain, though. Oh, I'd be down to go to Magic Mountain. That sounds uh, fun. We should ch- do that with Find all, my cholo everyone. boyfriend. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Dolly's maternal grandpa was a preacher, so her family was heavily involved in the church. Mm-hmm. Dolly says that growing up, she feels like she became a hustler because of her dad's influence and a singer because of her mother's influence. Damn, that's a perfect combination right there. Right? So Dolly's family was super poor. She describes them as dirt poor, like I said. And her grandpa allegedly paid the doctor for the birth of her mother with a bag of cornmeal. Just to like put into perspective how poor her family was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How much is a bag of cornmeal also? I have no idea, dude. Um, music was obvious and obviously an important thing in her life, first with singing in the church and then with singing at home with her mom all the time. Mm-hmm. Her first performances were in the church choir beginning at age six and at age seven, she was gifted her first guitar. Wow. So Dolly got play as a choir singer and began singing on the local radio in the East Tennessee area. Damn, they had a radio? <laughs> they had one. <laughs> like all of East Tennessee. The whole town would like turn it on. 
she became a regular on local radio shows, and at age 13, she recorded her first single, Puppy Love, oh. on a small music label. You know what song slaps that song? And they call it Puppy, Puppy Love. Love. That's like a Motown one, though, right? No, I think it's like Frankie Valley or something oh like that. Oh, my God. Frankie <laughs> Valley was a fucking player, though. <laughs> <laughs> Then she sang at this concert called the Grand Ole Opry, which Opry. was like Opry. My mm-hmm. bad. Um, <laughs> oh, that at, was Oprah's house. It, whoops. And there she was introduced to and spoke with Johnny Cash, who encouraged her to continue on with music. This Johnny Cash. Imagine. The day after she graduated high school, Dolly packed up and moved to Nashville. Big city. Yep. She signed with combine publishing as a songwriter mm-hmm. and she started writing several songs including charting singles during the time oh cool so she getting paid because you know they get it, paid the writers get paid yeah she wrote a song called fuel to the flame for skeeter mm-hmm. davis which i guess like was her most famous oh at the time. my god i love skeeter davis really i don't think i've ever heard yes him. you have is it a male it's a, it's a woman oh, don't okay. they know it's the end of oh the my world. god no that's the song that uh what's your face is kills herself yep. to and, mm-hmm. oh fuck <laughs> why don't we finish that thought that's the song that britney murphy's character kills herself <laughs> to in, in girl interrupted girl interrupted there you go mm-hmm. okay so Dolly's writing, but for other artists, but she's still getting a lot of hype for her style of songwriting. So this is yeah. all good. And she's getting paid, like May said. Since Dolly grew up in the mountainside, a lot of her songs take on a folky vibe, oh, which yeah. ended up really resonating with country fans. Oh, so she didn't necessarily set out to like write country music per se. She did, but like she just started like it's just that her style of country is hella, hella like folk influenced. Okay, okay. Which before this they hadn't really seen. Oh, I see. Okay. At age nineteen, she signed with Monument Records, where they tried to pitch her as a bubblegum pop singer. I don't see it. No. Yeah, cause but it was like nineteen sixty five, and she's mm-hmm. like this young blonde. So oh yeah, she dropped some singles with no play whatsoever, and mm-hmm. then she kept pushing her label to let her sing some country songs, but they kept resisting. Mm-hmm. In nineteen sixty six, she wrote the song "Put It Off Until Tomorrow" for country singer Bill Phillips, and this went to number six on the country charts. Okay, so the label was like, okay, they they gave in, and they were like, you could go ahead and record a country album all right cool on may 30th 1966 molly married her beau carl thomas dean molly dolly sorry (laughs) i was like who does (laughs) dolly married her beau carl thomas dean in ring gold georgia okay she doesn't use his surname professionally but she said that legally she actually does okay so let's get into her marriage a bit here because Carl really doesn't come up at all after this. Really? Yeah. Carl is insanely private. Like, think of like the most private celebrity you know and multiply it by like a hundred. Okay. Like so we, he, we know his name. That's it. Yeah. He <laughs> I, does not like fame. I saw a picture of him once. Me too. And I think <laughs> it was like at her house. Like, and it's just like him waving, like trying to get away. Yeah. He worked running an asphalt road company, like a road paving oh, company. Yeah. His entire life in Nashville, even when Dolly was at the peak of her fame and making like millions and millions of dollars, he still ran that asphalt company. Okay. He shuns publicity. He never attends events with Dolly. 
Dolly says that she thinks he's seen her perform once in her life. Wow. She also says that she knows that it looks like they barely spend any time together, but it's just that no one ever gets to see Carl but her. And so she says, we're actually always together. He's always with me, but he just will never, ever be seen in public. She says that he's really romantic and loving and he writes to her and that he writes to her when she's away all the time. In 2011, she gave an interview saying that she's most proud of her marriage because it was her first and it's going to be her last. They renewed their vows in 2016 on what was their 50th wedding anniversary. Wow. When she was first starting out as a singer, he was making more money as an asphalt paver. Mm -hmm. And they took in most of her siblings because wow they wanted to help her mom and dad yeah and they have no children of her own because they pretty much raised her siblings and like now she has like a shit ton of nieces and nephews she says too man i never thought about it but yeah she doesn't have any kids yeah she doesn't have no kids what you know what shout out to them i love that story of their marriage me too you found something that works and you're happy and good for you you don't give into like pressure right what your marriage should fucking look like right over that's 50 awesome. years dude wow. that's a fucking accomplishment for sure and at, at least on her end sounds like she's still fucking in love yeah. which is amazing so yeah for wow. sure all right well that's all you'll hear about Carl. <laughs> uh, unless he uh pops up and gives her a kidney like fucking tina tina's man what's his name bach bach yeah <laughs> fucking bach <laughs> okay so back to her career so Dolly's first country single, Dumb Blonde, mm-hmm. reached number 24 on the country chart in 1967, which she then followed up with the song Something Fishy, oh. which hit number 17. Okay. Both of these songs became the singles for her first album entitled Hello, I'm Dolly. Aww. I know. I love that. <laughs> in 1967, Porter Wagner invited her to have a regular spot on his weekly syndicated show, The Porter Wagner Show. So this is huge. This is huge because his show was already big. Yeah. And he had this country singer Norma Jean on his mm-hmm. show. And she was like his recurring like country singer. Mm-hmm. Um, but Norma was taking off like to focus on her career. So Dolly was going to step in and replace her. Mm-hmm. So at first the audience was kind of hesitant because they were like, oh, they liked Nora, you know. Yeah. And so they weren't like super into her but after some time they grew to love her because she's infectious because she's fucking dolly (laughs) yeah and then rca grew to love her and they signed her as an artist dope her first song on rca was a duet with porter called the last thing on my mind Mm -hmm. which reached the country top 10 dolly's first solo singer single for rca was just because i'm a woman and that one reached number 17 which at this time kind of became her rep like she started dropping singles pretty consistently and they were successful but they weren't chart toppers right they were like 20s teens Mm -hmm. you know um what always did pretty good was her duets with wagner yeah and so they were they were like linked together like you didn't really think of dolly by herself as an artist right um but i mean the, when the market, you know, we didn't have that many singers back then. So it's being like having the 17th, you know, song on the charts. That it's was still huge. saying something. Yeah, it's still definitely saying something. Um, But Dolly became frustrated with the level of success she was at. Obviously, she wanted to be fucking number one. Of course, she yeah. did. And mm-hmm. she probably knew like she was like, I have it in me, you know? Yeah. 
I'm uh, a hustler. I yeah. can do it. So she recorded a single named Joshua in 1971, which became her first number number one single. Mm-hmm. And this changed the game. Okay. Her next solo hits were straight up fucking bops, including the song Coat of Many Colors. Oh, yep. Burning the Midnight Oil mm-hmm. and Touch Your Woman. I don't know Touch Your Woman, but the other two are like, those are in her repertoire, like to this day. Like if you see like a Dolly Parton greatest hits, it's yeah. going to have that shit. Mm-hmm. She also got a variety show of her own called Dolly, which had pretty high ratings, but ended up only lasting one season. I guess she ended up requesting to be released from that contract because she said the show caused too much stress on her vocal cords and she was more interested in becoming a singer than like a TV personality. Yeah. Huh. But I feel like she could have been very successful, like a Carol Burnett type show. Yes. Yeah, a a sure. Sunny and Cher. I mean, the Porter Wagner thing is sort of like the okay. country take on that. But yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. So in um, Dolly Parton's America, when she's talking about this time in her career and like these songs, she's like, these are my sad ass songs. <laughs> <laughs> and she laughs about them. She's, like she, She's like, she I was, listen to those songs and like, what are these sad ass songs? She was emo. She went through an emo phase like everybody yeah, else. It happens, that was girl. her dashboard confessional phase. <laughs> <laughs> Dolly Parton had side bangs and heavy eyeliner. <laughs> Then, in late 1973, Dolly Parton really popped the fuck off when she dropped the biggest hit of her career, Jolene. One of the greatest songs ever written. Just, 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 no key. you know, just tells a story of sadness, of jealousy, of defeat, of, of love. Jolene. <laughs> fuck her, wherever she is. My fuck around and drop one of the best songs <laughs> of all time just for fucking funsies. Wow. Jolene topped the country chart and broke into the general Billboard Top 100, which is huge for a country artist. Yeah. Eventually, it even charted in the UK, reaching number seven on their fucking charts. Damn. So Dolly was like, this is my fucking chance. She took this opportunity to completely break off from Porter Wagner, Mm -hmm. which at this time she had still been linked with him. Mm -hmm. And she was still collaborating with him. They were still dropping duets. So she stopped appearing on his show in 1974, and they had their last concert together pretty soon after. Okay. They remained close for a while, and Porter helped produce her first records after this. And so Dolly made it seem like, you know, we're great friends, and like, mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's time to move on. But later on, like in the early 2000s, Dolly admitted that their relationship had been really tempestuous mm-hmm. and that Porter was actually like super jealous and always felt slighted when her career started doing better. Yeah. I think that happens. Yeah, for sure. Bit. Right. And he sued her. Yeah, he did. Um, and Dolly said the more attention she got, obviously, the more threatened he became. Mm hmm. So that same year, 1974, Dolly wrote a little love song about her professional relationship breakup with Porter. Oh, you, you guys, know. You guys might have heard of it. Mm-hmm. It's called I Will Always Love You. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just want to point out here how magnanimous it is of Dolly to write this song about Porter. Yeah. When all this behind the scenes drama is happening where he's basically like, fuck you for like doing your own thing. And like, yeah, you know, and her response is, I will always love you. You know what's crazy is like if you're somebody who like is a romantic or like just loves love, I think you mm-hmm. could push all that shit aside and like really see like he really did help her a lot. Yeah. And she's sure. like, you know, 
she's always gonna so she's probably so heartbroken even though it's a professional yeah. relationship mm-hmm. but kill him with kindness is what i always say and she's she's doing it right there she definitely fucking did so i mean do we even need to talk about this song but <laughs> the song hit number seven on the country charts yeah. But then things got interesting for Dolly when some little dude named Elvis reached out to her with an interest in recording a cover. Oh, Dolly was pumped until Elvis's manager told her that if Presley was going to do a cover, it was the standard for the original sino- songwriters to sign over half of their publishing rights to him since he was such a fucking legend Ugh. that he would get the song hella play. Nope. But Dolly was like, go fuck yourself bro i wrote this song and i'm not gonna do that shit what's his fucking manager's name like Um, captain something or fucking famous i I didn't write in here because fuck yeah yeah um this little decision and that little spiciness because you gotta Mm -hmm. be like hella confident too to like stand up to somebody like elvis presley right for sure and you also have to value yourself and know your fucking worth well this ended up making her millions and millions and millions of dollars from royalties on this song yeah Fun fact, Whoop. years later, this went viral recently because uh, it was on Dolly's part in America. She mm-hmm. said that she wrote Jolene and I will always ro- love you on the same fucking night. You just need one good night, dude. She's <laughs> like one night of genius. You know, It'll she changed your entire life. What's her husband's name? Carl? Yeah. Probably got made some sweet love that night. <laughs> she had like a really delicious dinner what does dolly parton eat for dinner like steak and potatoes some fucking casseroles yeah oh yep. yeah she a mountain person yeah, yeah that shit slapped she got yep. some good dick that night and she Butter. was like you know what i'm gonna bust out the two the two the two greatest two she of the greatest songs of the 20th century in the bed with Colin. she was like and uh. <laughs> so dolly after these two back-to-pack back-to-back fucking crazy Box. hits best songs like of all time kind of yeah yeah um con- she was everywhere she became country music's number one star wow and she got her own tv show again while dropping country hit after hit it was same kind of thing and she dropped it after like the first season again yeah plus her songs were at this time were being covered by everyone and that's kind of like a thing in country music mm-hmm so olivia newton john linda ronstadt kitty wells everybody was jumping on dolly's songs and also i think back then in general that was more of a thing covers Uh, yeah tina turner is kind of like a cover artist uh, yeah and like uh you know uh burt Bacharach like wrote every song in in that era (laughs) it's like one dude writing (laughs) song is i think it's standards you know like there were that was the era of standards so everybody just sang fucking everybody like frank sinatra and shit you know very true so dolly was making money hell yeah and naturally began venturing into different business businesses Mm because she's a fucking hustler yeah but another thing about dolly is she's loyal as fuck so she tried her best to focus her money-making operations in her native tennessee hey uh Dolly is co-owner around this time. She became co-owner of the Dollywood Company, uh-huh. which operates the theme park Dollywood in the Smoky Mountains. Dollywood is the biggest ticketed tourist attraction in Tennessee and the 24th most popular theme park in the U.S. Low key, I would wow. fucking go to Tennessee to go to Dollywood. One thousand percent. I would yeah. love to go to Dollywood. Are you kidding me? Yeah. It's a typical amusement park like 
like you think like rides and shit yeah but it features traditional crafts and music of the smoky mountain area so that's their theme yeah dope and i bet they have a good food too yeah and it hosts a shit ton of concerts year round including several concerts by dolly herself right the amusement park is part of a larger dolly destination which includes a sister water park called Dollywood Splash County, which is, oh. like, yeah, what you would think of like a water park. Yeah, I didn't and, know that was a thing. Yeah, and it also holds Dollywood's Dream Resort and Spa. Oh, okay. Can we <laughs> go, go there? This is the next trip. <laughs> yeah, this is definitely our next trip. Oh, shit. And the so the Dolly destination also has a dinner theater attraction in the oh. same area. You know. All right, okay the arts culture and the arts okay (laughs) (laughs) um the splash park is themed around swimming in the rivers of the great smoky mountains you know what i love a lazy river oh i love lazy rivers too they're fucking tight yeah and i also like like, is there one at like uh your parents timeshare somewhere because timeshares always have them in one of them that i've been to yeah i can't remember which one but yeah but I also like the those rides like at amusement parks that are like the like the one at Magic Mountain that's oh, a, the rapid a rafting. Rafts, a, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, those are fucking, fucking fun. Slap. Yeah. yeah. And sometimes when it's super hot outside, like you're like, oh, yes, yeah, I'm gonna get uh, wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that should feel so fucking good. Yeah. Hey, what's up with her titties? Uh we'll get there. Okay. Okay. So the sign for all the Dolly theme parks also are super cute because on Dollywood, um the W is a little butterfly. Aww. I know. She's so cute. Uh-huh, Mariah Carey is shook. She's hella cu- shook. <laughs> so now Dolly started pushing for play outside of the world of country music. Because now uh-huh. she's like, okay, I made it to the top in country. Next yeah. step, you know. Her 1976 album, All I Can Do, was more mainstream and pop sounding. And it covered uh, some of the Temptations hits also, including oh. My Girl. I know. I never heard it. I actually huh. haven't heard it still. Okay. The album was well-received but none of the singles made an impression on any of the pop charts. Okay. In 1977, she dropped the album Here You Come Again, which became her first million seller, topping the country charts and breaking top 20 on the pop charts. Hell yeah. For the rest of the 70s and early 80s, her singles moved on both charts simultaneously, mm-hmm. and her albums were developed specifically to have crossover success. Perfect. Shania Twain. She's so fucking smart, dude. Yeah. In 1978, Dolly won her first Grammy for Best Female Vocal Country Performance. Hell yeah. Her visibility then increased with a ton of TV appearances and a very famous interview with our favorite bitch, Barbara Walters. (laughs) You know, I'm going to get into it when I do The View, but uh, I've softened on Barbara a little bit. Yeah, I like feel weird about Barbara. Like, I know she's a good journalist. And very important for women. Very important because she was, I mean, she was, she was like straight up like anchorman times. She and was she the was first, working. She was literally the first woman on the nightly news. Yeah, I believe it. So, That's what I'm saying. Is that the movie I'm thinking of? Anchorman? Yeah, with, with, with the anchorman. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, the one no. titled exactly about the thing that we're talking about. <laughs> uh, All right. Plus, Dolly was a huge personality, so everybody fucking loved her. Mm-hmm. From her style to her hair to her boobs mm-hmm. and her voice, nobody could help but to look out for her. Yeah. That's why we're talking about her right now. So, Dolly had huge fake boobs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Hold on. Sorry. 
I jumped. I jumped ahead to her boobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so at this time, Dolly had been approached by Hugh Hefner to pose for Playboy. And Ooh. she said she had been approached several times throughout the 70s, and she always turned it down. She was hot, man. Hell yeah. Finally, in October 1978, she appeared on the cover of Playboy wearing the full Playboy bunny outfit. She looks so cute. Oh, yeah. I remember this. She had the black one. Yes. Yeah. And it's uh, one of the first high-profile interviews with the mainstream press that she ever gave. Wow. Because she was only doing, what, like, uh, country, yeah, probably she just magazines and to, shit? Yeah. She, she would do, like, TV appearances, and she was, like... Like, Dolly is, like, a character, and, like, I don't know if, like, I don't want to say that she's in character, uh-huh. but she kind of shies away from, I don't know, from, like, really letting you know who she really is. No, that's good, though. Yeah, so, like, the, she would do, like, media and shit, but she wouldn't really, like, sit down for, like, fucking proper interviews. Right. Damn, Dolly got ass, too. Now that I'm Oh, she got a great her. body, yeah. So Dolly's a huge, ad- big advocate for plastic surgery. Like I said, she got mm-hmm. big old chichis. There's this bridge in Alabama that's named the Dolly because there's two arches and they kind of <laughs> look like her titties. <laughs> and I think on her Wikipedia, they said there's also another bridge that they sometimes reference as Dolly because same kind of thing. It's got like okay. two big old titties. All right. Later on, Oprah asked her what how like what kind of different procedures she's mm-hmm. had and dolly was just dolly's like hella straight up about it like she's like i've had this done i've had that done I'm, yeah like whatever 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 she said um if i see something sagging bagging or dragging i'll get it nipped tucked or sucked yo <laughs> same yo put that on my tombstone <laughs> and she famously like jokes around about this shit all the time and she said the famous quote around this time it takes a lot of money to look this cheap yeah yeah which is great good for her yeah okay so now i want to bring something up that came up in the podcast um i think it's like the very first episode because it's around this time Mm -hmm. dolly is very fiercely outspoken unforgiving independent businesswoman Mm -hmm. and the i forgot his name the the host of dolly parton's america asks her would you consider yourself a feminist and oh yeah dolly says no like Uh dolly doesn't he said that he's like talked about it now too Mm -hmm. and she didn't just say no she like recoiled right at the thought of being considered a feminist which is super disappointing because dolly has all of the ingredients of a feminist yeah yeah (laughs) certainly one of the first sex positive like public figures Mm -hmm. women you know and then dolly went on in the podcast and said I obviously write a lot of songs about women because I am a woman, but I also write a lot of songs for men and men's feelings. And I love men. And I don't believe in crucifying a whole group of people because a few have made mistakes. To me, the word feminist is like saying, quote, I hate all men. Mm. So I'll defer to the podcast host, uh, Abu Murad, mm-hmm. on this, who says what I thought was kind of perfect, like, definitely think that dolly is a feminist but maybe doesn't see it because she's a woman who kind of embodies the spirit of feminism right women's liberation and equality but rejects the label yeah and it's because of like really shitty stereotypes about feminist label that she seems to be rejecting it like like if you're clearly yeah you hate feminists you hate men which is obviously not true right Mm -hmm. so it's just kind of shitty you know, I, at the time, I don't know if it was 
when this podcast came out or what, but I saw someone do a really interesting Twitter thread about this. This woman on Twitter said that her grandmother kind of grew up, is around the same age as Dolly, like grew up similar circumstances in a similar part of the country and her grandmother also similarly despite having all the qualities of a feminist rejects the idea of being labeled a feminist and being called associated with feminism right and she says specifically to speak to her grandmother it was around the time that the that wave of feminism came about you know your glorious signums and stuff it was like a lot of women like dolly like this woman's grandmother felt like they were being looked down upon by those women by those feminists which happens it's true yeah sort of for being rural right which is you know code for white trash like right uh, being poor w- typically staying at home with your children right um which rejecting kind of circles back to what we were talking about earlier it's true like you know often rejecting higher education to stay home and raise their families and stuff so th- it was like the the they did receive a sort of, I guess, harsh treatment from feminists. Right. Which I think feminism as a movement had growing pains, just like every other movement. movement. Yeah, for sure. So when she said that, I was like, you know what? That totally makes sense. Like, Yeah. And that's shitty because look who we lost. <laughs> yeah, I know. Look who we could have had on our team. I mean, and we do have her on our team. Right. Just... But she's not going to stand with you and yeah. say that you're. And then I think that's what's shitty about like the word feminist too is because you see a lot of men reject that word yeah and it's powerful to have men on our side too Mm -hmm. you know just like as many people as possible right so it's just shitty just another reminder guys like to be accepting of everyone (laughs) yeah So in 1979, Dolly was nominated for an Emmy for Best Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Variety Program for her guest appearance in a Cher special. Oh, hell yeah. I don't think that's an Emmy uh, thing anymore. Best Outstanding Supporting Actress in a Variety Program? I think now it's not supporting. It's guest actress. Oh, yeah. Because that's how like the SNL thing Mm -hmm. comes in and shit, right? Mm Okay. Okay. In 1981, Dolly wrote the theme song 925. Hell yeah. For the movie of the same name that she started with Jane Fonda. Hell yeah. Which reached number one on both the country. Please do not erase my bitch, Lily uh, Tomlin. <laughs> Lily Tomlin. <laughs> which reached number one on the country, adult contemporary, and pop charts. Hell yeah. Giving her a triple number one hit. I mean, it's a fucking bop. Like, talk a fucking... about a catchy song. Yeah. Dolly is one of the only country singers to ever have a number one on the country and pop charts simultaneously. Mm. The song was also nominated for the Academy Award for Best Original Song, which she ended up losing. Who won? I don't know. 1981. Let's see. 1981. Working nine to five. What a way to make a living. Oh, fame. Oh, I wanna live forever. That's tough. That is tough, but nine to five has ah, uh, it's just different. <laughs> That's tough because we don't really listen to fame anymore as right. a song, as a culture. That's not saying, but we do listen to nine to five. But fame is significant. Yeah. Huh. Okay, I all get right. it. I, all right, all right, <laughs> Academy. <laughs> We're conflicted on this one, but we'll let you guys have it. <laughs> 
in late 1981, Dolly began filming her second feature film, the musical, The Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. Saw this for the first time like two months ago. Really? I've never seen it. How is it? It has its moments. It's Dolly's great in it. Is it's it okay. Mel Gibson? No. Oh, okay. My bad. Uh, the <laughs> film earned her a second nomination for a Golden Globe Award for Best Actress. Mm-hmm. Due to the hit of both of these movies, Dolly became the top female box office star in 1981. Damn. That's fucking crazy. Right? She is straight killing it. Oh, she sings I Will Always Love You in it. Oh, that's that's a bop. Yeah. Plus, she's been like over a decade number one country song. So Dolly is making fucking money. Meanwhile, Hell Carl's yeah. still fucking asphalting over <laughs> in Tennessee, guys. Just in case you forgot about that little fun fact. And at this time, Dolly continues to be a boss, dropping hit after hit after hit. Islands in the Stream came out. Yeah. You like this song. Yep. Thinking About Love, Downtown, Save the, Less, mm-hmm. Save the Last Dance for Me, and a cover of Frenemy of the Show, Phil Spector's song, To Know Him is to Love Him, which... Oh, I love that song. It also hit the country charts, that one. The list goes on and on and on and on. She also started a production company that produced the documentary Stories from the Quilt... <laughs> about quilting oh in 1989 which actually fucking won the academy award for best documentary that year no way isn't that so weird so like i don't know very dolly too yeah damn quilting yeah dude Hmm. my sister-in-law fucking loves (laughs) quilting (laughs) lisa or aj lisa (laughs) (laughs) the dolly's production company produced some tv shows you might have heard of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Sabrina, um, the movie Father of the Bride, and the movie Straight Talk. Oh, I like Father of the Bride a me lot. Me too, me too. <laughs> I always think of the Father of the Bride house. Oh, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It's a good house. The momentum of the 80s couldn't keep up with the 90s, though, in terms of m- her music. Like, mm-hmm. we saw things slow down a little bit more for Dolly in the 80s, in the 90s. Oh, yeah. Her biggest commercial success at this time was, of course, Whitney Houston's cover of I Will Always Love You Mm -hmm. for the soundtrack of The Bodyguard in 1992. And I mean, your tone tone is implying like, oh, you know, this was not a big ass deal, you know, but (laughs) the biggest song of the 90s, maybe. I mean, what else? When did that um, Mariah Carey Boys to Men song chop chop the charts for like a whole ass year? Uh, I think that was around 95, but that, I don't know that that sold more in total than I will always will, love you, but it had the longest streak because I will always love you too. Also, like it, it's something that like the bodyguard became huge too. Yeah. So, and Whitney was fucking huge. Like it was just a mm-hmm. triple thing. Yeah. Uh, so this cover became Dolly's greatest commercial fortune of the decade. It was fucking cha-ching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She also started uh, the Dollywood Foundation in the 90s, which focused on charitable efforts primarily in the area of literacy. This is my favorite thing about her. My favorite fun fact about her. Obviously, in Ode to Her Papa, Mm -hmm. the Dolly Parton Imagination Library mails one book per month to each enrolled child from the time of their birth until they enter kindergarten. I love this. Oh, my God. They currently have 850,000 children enrolled in the U.S., Canada, U.K., Australia, and Ireland. (gasps) I didn't know it was international. They received an honor by the Library of Congress in 2018 when the foundation sent out its 100 millionth book. Wow. Um, I got chills. Yeah, this is awesome. I'm going <laughs> to 
<laughs> getting emotional. It's such a cool thing to yeah. for her to give back. Right. Um, Especially because of her history, because of her father, who she clearly admired so much. And she yeah. was like, you know what? This in, in not only in my name, but in his in some way, you know? Yeah. She's actually obviously received a ton of awards for her work in literacy from the Association of American Publishers, American Association of School Administrators, National State Teachers, and Parents and Teacher Parents and Teacher Nationals. The Dollywood Foundation, which is funded, by the way, almost entirely by Dolly's own money, mm-hmm. have been noted for bringing jobs and tax revenues to a previously depressed region. Because remember, like I said, she tries to keep all her shit in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. She also works to raise money for other co- causes through the Dollywood Foundation. Like she'll do shit for the Red Cross, for HIV and AIDS related charities. She's out there really giving back. Awesome. Super awesome. In 1989, uh, Dolly was in the film Steel Magnolias. Oh, yay. Yeah, super popular, super profitable. Yeah. Also a movie that I will almost always watch, like, if it's on. If it's on. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of them. If anything, at minimum, just watch Julia Roberts uh, almost going into diabetic shock. In the the barbershop? Or not the barbershop, the the beauty salon? Beauty shop, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And what do they give her, candy or juice? (laughs) (laughs) They're like... They somebody says, Does anybody have any Olympia Dukakis says, Does anybody have any candy? And then <laughs> and then Sally Field says, No, juice, juice is better. Shelby, <laughs> drink the juice, Shelby. Shelby, drink the juice. <laughs> Dude. So Dolly kept working and dropping songs that again would get some action on the country charts, but not really much on the pop charts anymore. But in nineteen ninety eight, she was ranked as the wealthiest country music singer. Whoa. And then she transitioned into bluegrass for an album in 1999 for which she won a Grammy for best bluegrass album. I was going to say when when those sort of like older country artists transition into like a different genre of country, it's usually like Pretty really solid. good. Like yeah, a, I'm sure. Like a Loretta Lynn when she's like 70 doing something like that. That's yeah. it's usually super good. That same year, she was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame. In 2001, yeah. Dolly was inducted into the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Oh. They noted Dolly's four decades of contribution to the music entertainment inju- industry and sole writer of over 700 songs. Jesus Christ. Okay, Juan Gabriel. Right? <laughs> Dolly said she's probably written closer to around 3,000 songs since she started writing around seven and obviously all, not everything she writes she actually makes. Yeah. And Dolly said on the podcast that um, she tries to write something every day. Wow. Yeah. Which is, if you've ever read like biographies of great writers, I mean, that's how they, that's how they, that's how they do it. They practice writing Mm -hmm. every day. I think Seinfeld has also said that he Mm -hmm. tries to write a joke every fucking day, like no matter what. Yeah. And they're not, obviously, most of them are going to be trash. Right. But you know, it's just being that fucking dedicated yeah it's good practice definitely in 2003 dolly made efforts to preserve the bald eagle through the american eagle foundation sanctuary at dollywood and she earned a partnership award from the u.s fish and wildlife service for doing these doing this um the same year a bunch of artists got together and honored dolly with a tribute album called just because i'm a woman songs of dolly parton damn who's on this album dude Melissa Etheridge sings I Will Always Love You. Shania Twain sings Coat of Many Colors. Nora Jones sings The Grass oh, is Blue. My queen, you know I love Nora. 
and Sinead O'Connor sings Dagger <gasps> Through the Heart, which I looked this up and it's so fucking good, me. Oh my god, I'm downloading this album. Yeah, for real, it's so good. In 2005, Dolly wrote the song Traveling Through for the movie Transamerica. Do you remember that movie? Felicity Huffman? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Transamerica is about a transgender woman who goes on a road trip with her long lost son, starring Felicity Huffman, like May said, and uh, Kevin Zeggers as the son. Mm-hmm. Due to the film's main character's gender identity and Dolly's association to the film, she actually received death threats. Oh, my God. Following Ugh, success I, of the song. I hate people, man. I know. <laughs> <laughs> really, our benevolent queen, Dolly Parton, you're going to send her a death threat? Yeah. Uh, she ended up getting nominated for an Oscar for Best Original Song for that one. Hell yeah. And Dolly kept on trucking with a number, another number one hit in the song when i get where i'm going that dropped later that year alongside uh brad paisley he sings on that song with her i just remembered that i another one of those tribute albums that i like is one um there's a buddy holly one that's like really good it has like fiona apple on it 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 has um uh, julian casablanca's and like it's pretty good dude this is so random but remember when the gap was huge yeah they used to drop like albums like i remember because yeah. uh missy and madonna did one and they dropped a cover album like a cover song album one time and it was so fucking good and i remember specifically brandon boyd saying an elvis costello song on there uh i remember that what's the name of that yeah. song? it's the name of a girl elvis costello allison allison yeah yeah Damn, I'm going to download that Gap album. How do I find that shit? It probably doesn't exist anymore, dude. Compilation albums were like a thing when we were growing up. Yeah, that's Because true. do you People remember do those anymore. like punk goes pop albums? Yeah. Where like punk bands would cover pop shit? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I have a couple of those. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, I'm not trying to say that shit. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so later that year, the movie uh, 9 to 5 became a musical and dolly wrote the score for the adaptation oh that's perfect yeah her score and the musical debut of none other than allison janney for the nine to five musical were super praised but the show itself didn't do well altogether Uh, and it closed after only 24 previews oh oh so it didn't even make it to broadway no that sucks okay yeah that sucks on October 27, 2009, Dolly released a four-CD box set named Dolly, uh-huh. featuring 99 songs from her career. Wow. She also released a live show DVD and started promoting that she was working on a dance album. Oh. But the okay. dance album has still never seen the light of day. All right. And I'm waiting for it. Mm-hmm. You know me, it, I may love a good dance album. Collab with Cher. Ooh, and Kylie Minogue. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new mount rushmore right karen there Carp- <laughs> bring karen carpenter back from the <laughs> and tina turner hey you got yourself a picture <laughs> dolly went on a world tour in 2011 which brought in hella cash and while on tour her close friend whitney houston suddenly passed away after which she oh, they re- were close yeah oh cool uh she released a statement saying quote Mine is only one of the millions of hearts broken over the death of Whitney. I will always be grateful and in awe of the wonderful performance she did on my song. And I can truly say from the bottom of my heart, Whitney, I will always love you. Oh, that's so sad. It's perfect, too. 
So I this is where I was going to say, I don't remember if we talked about this on here. I know we've talked about this, but when uh, Whitney passed, remember the Grammys had uh, Hudson? Yeah. Sing I Will Always Love You. Mm-hmm. And we were like, why didn't they have Dolly sing it? Like, Right. Yeah. I think that would have been amazing. Because then you're honoring two legends. Right. And know? Dolly's still alive. Like, Right. I think this is exactly what we said. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In 2016, Dolly went on a U.S. tour with 64 dates in the U.S. and Canada. She also performed on The Voice with Miley Cyrus, which, fun fact, Dolly is uh, Miley's godmother. Yeah. Yeah. Totally makes sense. As of 2017, Forbes estimates Dolly's net worth at $500 million. (laughs) Wow. In 2018, Dolly announced a Netflix series featuring her music career. She's an executive producer and co-star. I didn't watch that, although I do see it on Netflix. Uh, it got like like whatever to to bad, bad reviews. I know it's like, and everyone says the same thing. Like the the stories are there, and Dolly, of course, is fucking Dolly, but yeah. like everything else is like eh. whack. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, she's part. She's a subject of Dolly Parton's America podcast, which is all about her life and legacy. Three of the episodes are still haven't been released yet. Um, Dolly is one of the most decorated country music artists with uh, nine Grammy wins and 46 nominations. She's actually tied for most Grammy nominations by any female artist in history with none other than Beyonce. Wow. Dolly has won three American Music Awards, 10 Country Music Association Awards, nominated for two Academy Awards, a Tony Award, and an Emmy Award. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. So shout out to Dolly, a queen with very little drama, but who still deserved her own episode. Yes. Aw, that was awesome. Yeah, a little positive one. Thanks, Seth. Now we don't have to listen to Dolly Parton's America. Yeah, because it's like fucking an hour each episode. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. Well, that was this week's Drama Club. Hit us up on Instagram and Twitter at Drama Club Pod and on the podcast. And on the, wait a minute, and on the website, dramaclubpod.com. <laughs> on the hotline. No, wait, five, a minute, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> on the hotline, 505-539-0556. Leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'll talk to you on Monday with a brand new Afternoon Delight episode. Bye. Bye. However, whatever with your helmet. <laughs>